This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Oh, yeah. Good Monday morning, and it certainly is for the Los Angeles Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Not a great morning. For Novak Djokovic, we'll talk about that with Patrick McEnroe, ESPN tennis analyst. That's coming up at 9, 10 a.m. Eastern. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests like Patrick join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Key and Jay will be back tomorrow in today, 11-year NFL veteran and radio veteran himself, Bart Scott. What are you laughing about? Every time you say that, it makes me feel like uh, like Carlton on State Farm. I'm like the other Chris Paul. <laughs> like I'm, the, uh, I'm like the other Cliff Keyshawn. Yeah, I'm, not, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Rayshawn. No, it's great to have you here, man. You're talking NFL all morning long. That's what we're going to start talking about in droves starting tomorrow when the yes. fellas come back because we got week one. We got the Texans and the Chiefs in front of some fans, and we'll wait to see what happens Sunday. Every team's got a different policy. Monday night doubleheader, Steelers, Giants, Titans, Broncos. The NFL is back. I know 2020 hasn't been normal, but you got to give the NFL credit. Yeah. It is starting, even though there was no preseason, it's starting right when it was supposed yeah. to. Can't really say that about the other sports that took those delays and are actually going. Yes. But if there's some slice of normalcy, like tonight, a little college football, BYU, yeah. Navy, 8 p.m. Eastern, yeah. ESPN, we'll have the NFL on time. It's the NFL's turn. Right. It's the NFL's turn. And like we watched baseball, they had a couple of hiccups, but they kept moving forward. We've seen basketball and hockey, they've done a tremendous job. Football, you're on deck. Let's see what, what you can do in this new environment. Let's see how you can entertain us. Let's see what, what, what little tricks they have that maybe like the bubble had with uh, basketball with the you know, virtual crowd, the noise. And you hear some teams saying that they're going to have you know, 6,000 fans yeah. in, the, in the arena. Though, so you can really have an advantage. And what about places like New York that's not going to have people in the stands? Right. How does that affect the competitive advantage and the, and the advantages and the disadvantages to being able to have stadium noise? is amazing. We'll get into that as well because you've played in front of thousands and thousands of people when we continue our, our NFL talk coming up at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So you're right. The NFL on time. It is their time. It's their time. They're on time, no matter how you want to look at it. Right on time. For the Nuggets. So here are the Nuggets, a team that's going to play the Clippers tonight. Second game of the doubleheader, yeah. Boston and Toronto at 6.30 Eastern. And then the Nuggets and the Clippers at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Jokic, Jokic, excuse me, Nikola Jokic has a right wrist sprain. So yeah. obviously he's the Nuggets' most important piece. We'll see if he plays tonight for head coach Mike Malone to see if they can take a 2-1 lead over the Clippers. But that's not the biggest concern right now for the Nuggets' head coach, Mike Malone. He's known this since the second he stepped into the bubble, the 60 days that the Nuggets essentially have been there. Coaches are not allowed to see any families. I've seen Quinn Snyder, the coach of the Jazz, hook up every night on Zoom, talking yeah, to his right. kids. Now he's home with them. But it was already stated. Coaches, yeah. sorry, no families here. Players eventually could have them. Mike Malone knew that, but he was not happy about it, and he let everyone know about it. The coaches. The coaches are not allowed to bring anybody I say, shame on you, NBA. This is crazy. I miss my family, and I think I speak for me. I speak for my coaches and probably all the coaches down here. 60 days and not having access and not being granted the privilege to have my family come here, to me, is criminal in nature, and that shouldn't be. Shouldn't be at all. So I wanted to get that off my chest. 
He's hot. His yeah, team hopefully will be hot tonight. But what do you think as, as an athlete that, that's had to kind of put your fa- put the sport, you put football before your family, I would right. presume, quite a bit just to make it to where you did. Yeah. What do you make of his comments? I, mean, I think they're valid. I mean, I think, you know, they put they risk just as much as the players. And, yeah, I understand that, you know, nobody knew what this bubble was going to be about and how they were going to be able to handle it until they got in there. And you knew the rules going in there, but that still doesn't make it right. It still doesn't make you want to, you know, hug your, hug your wife, you know, see your kids as well, especially when the 12th man on the, on the bench is bringing bubbles in that he met on, <laughs> that he swiped right on, that he met on his DMs, <laughs> trying, to, trying, to, trying, to, trying to get proper documentation to say, hey, no, I've, I've known her more than four months. We love each other. Bubbles? Is that yeah, her? Yeah. That's her screen name, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah, not, okay. Yeah, bubbles, sure. bubbles. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The real name is, 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 is highlighted. But, you know, <laughs> but, but to be, uh, be honest, like, they have needs too. You know what I mean? But, you know, they, they need a conjugal visit. Let's be, let's be real. 60 Woo. days without being without your wife? I mean, come on, man. Like, Every man needs a visit to be able to see it. Understand that you should allow their family members the same opportunity to test in the bubble just like the players, you know, if, and do it in a responsible manner. You can't say zero. You can say, okay, well, you can have your wife in and, and maybe kids. No, no, uh, it has to be immediate family. But listen, they're sacrificing just as much, and they're the most vulnerable in that bubble, and I feel like they deserve the opportunity to go. At least 60 days should have been a benchmark where they can be able to see their family just like the players. I think it's really well said. Also keep in mind, one thing that's a little underrated about these Malone comments, because we're always constantly living in the moment, is that Malone, while in Denver, while they were waiting to see whether the season was going to resume, he actually contracted coronavirus. So he's actually battled that. He's overcome it. His best player had coronavirus. He's overcome it. That's obviously Nikola Jokic. Again, sprained right wrist. We'll see if he goes tonight. Series tied at one game apiece. Clippers looking to go to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in their 50-year history. Before that game, Nuggets clips on the double dip. We've got the Raptors and the Celtics. That'll be at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Mm -hmm. tonight. This should have been signed, sealed, and delivered for the Seas. They were up 2-0. And then OG Ananobi hits a huge shot. Why have Taco there? I know I'm playing Monday morning quarterback, but why have Taco there when no matter what, the guy taking the ball out wouldn't have an opportunity to get the ball back and shoot. So why guard him? You should have had a guy that was playing the lane, the free safety, so to speak, so that you can make the adjustment for anybody that got backpicked. I mean, come on. You talk about turning turning the, the, the series on a dime. I mean, this if they lose, they're going to go back to that moment. And this is something that can really haunt them in the future, man. I mean, come on. This is just bad execution. But also, you know, putting Taco in, and I know it took the perfect pass, but why not, why not don't defend the, 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 the person taking the ball out with .5? You have to catch and shoot, rarely have enough time to even grasp and find the laces of the ball. That's fair enough. You're watching it on ESPN News right now. Taco is seven foot six. Taco fall, and this, I mean, it was basically like an inbound skip pass right to the corner, yeah. which is something you don't really see from an out of bounds situation. You see that on the court all the time. So now it goes from a best of seven to essentially Bart. We have been winnowed down in this particular series to yeah. a best of three with all the momentum. With Toronto, uh, can they finish it out? Can they rally from two zero down and win this thing? I mean, it's all about it's all about momentum and waves. And right now, you know. Um, you know, Toronto had Toronto has it, but you can never like like Rudy T used to always say, never doubt the heart of a champion. Mm-hmm. And they understand they've been in these tight moments. Remember the, the the experience that they got last year. This is a young Boston team that hasn't really experienced a lot of success collectively as a group. You know, you know, in Boston, you know, and this is Kemba's first time. So how do they respond now that they're on the ropes? Because they thought it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to just roll over these guys. And now they find themselves in a real fight. Can they seize that momentum without a crowd trying to cheer them on? Can they self, 
you know, motivate? Can they go out and execute? We know Brad Stevens is a great coach, but on the other side, you got arguably one of the best coaches, top five coaches in the league as well. That's the NBA coach of the year. Nick Nurse, so he's got the hardware to prove it. You mentioned Rudy Tomjanovich, the old Rockets head coach, never underestimate a heart of a champion. This is actually the 25th anniversary of the Rockets' last championship. I just want to touch on it quickly, mostly because they're playing the Lakers. Uh, They were up 1-0 yesterday. Westbrook had a terrible game, more turnovers than assists. Lakers right back in this thing. Your quick thoughts on that series. I'll tell you what, man. They got right back in, and they showed that they got grit. This Houston Rockets team has grit. You know, they played, they played well defensively. Now they just got to clean up the turnovers, understanding that the Lakers don't want to be in a half-court game. They only have a couple plays out of half-court, and that's pretty much throw it into to, 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 um, to Anthony Davis and, yeah. and let him go to work or throw it into LeBron. You know, they found they, you know, they showed that they weren't the same Rockets team in the third quarter when they could have laid down and just said, this isn't our night. They came back and had like a 41 to, to 13 or 17 you know, point quarter to take the lead. They just didn't finish, and it took too much energy to finish. And Westbrook got to be better. He knows that. The Rockets know that. Uh, he owed them one, and he got to come back and play a lot better. Davis had 34-10 and 10 last night. We're going to talk tennis, the most buzzed-about story in sports, in two minutes with our ESPN tennis analyst, Patrick McEnroe. But first, let's go from A to Z. Let's quickly get Bart's thoughts on all of these as well. Real quick, Bart, quarterback Cam Newton called his fit with the New England Patriots, a match made in heaven, saying that on the Greg Hill Show on WEEI in Boston this morning. You tend to agree. I do. I think um, being able to rebrand itself with a – you know, football savant like Bill Belichick, like Josh McDaniels, will put him in situations where their team won't beat themselves and allow Cam to do what he does well and not put him in situations when he doesn't do it well. You know, anytime you can do that with Jacoby Brissett and be able to show the flexibility, I believe that the Patriots have been waiting for an opportunity to add some new wrinkles to that offensive system that has had the ability to grow under, um, you know, Tom Brady for like, what, 20, 17 years? I don't know how long he's been in the league. Basically like, 20. Yeah, it seemed like he's been forever, man. But it's a thin line between love and hate. He love you today while you cheap. As soon as you ask for that money, Cam, let's see how they love you then. Yeah, and obviously the mobility Bill didn't love with Brady. That's basically the only thing he didn't have in this game. And Cam at 31 certainly does have that if healthy. I want to quickly mention baseball lost another Hall of Famer. We lost Tom Seaver last week at the age of 75. And now the legendary Lou Brock has died at the age of 81. He helped St. Louis win three pennants in two World Series in the 60s. Came over in a trade from the Cubs. Cubs Cardinals today, by the way. At 4 Eastern on ESPN, I'm sure I would assume they would talk about him, a little remembrance about him during the game. He retired way back in 1979 as the single season and all-time leader in stolen bases, marks that have since been surpassed by the legendary Ricky Henderson. Brock was elected into Cooperstown in the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1985 and Bart we're going to talk tennis here in just one minute so I want to get your quick thoughts on Novak Djokovic being ruled out of the U.S. Open after hitting the line judge with a ball he went right over and apologized certainly didn't look intentional but when all was said and done the USTA did say that the official is fine thank goodness it looked to have hit her in the neck if you're watching the video with this here on ESPN News I'm sure almost everybody saw it on their phone yesterday that ends this seems trite and trivial, but it ends a brilliant year for Djokovic. He was undefeated, looking for this championship. That means for the first time since Stan Wawrinka won this major in 2016, it'll be the first time one of the big four, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, or Andy Murray, who obviously is on the climb back after the hip surgery, will not be a Grand Slam champion. That's an unbelievable run. And yeah. frankly, Bart, that's an unbelievable piece of video we're looking at here. Yeah, I mean, he cost himself a chance at history. I mean, go on and make sure that he can win everything clean, you know, win everything 
Uh, I don't think it was intentional. And I wonder, and and it's tough because this is a complicated, you know, conversation. If it had a hitter in the leg, if it had a hitter in the shoulder, if it had a hitter anywhere that she wasn't hurt, would he have been disqualified? That's a good question to ask our Patrick McEnroe, and he joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. U.S. Open coverage begins noon Eastern today on ESPN. Of course, we'll run all the way through Sunday and the crowning of a champion. Patrick, good morning. You want to answer Bart's question? No, it's a good question, Bart. I mean, you're spot on in asking the question. I believe that if the ball had hit her, uh, the lines person, you know, in the foot, that Djokovic probably would have been allowed to play. Um, but here's the deal. I mean, as the, the fact of the matter is it didn't. It, it hit the woman in the throat, and she was struggling, you know, to breathe for, for quite some time. So the reality is, I mean, obviously you could hit the ball as hard as you want into the net or, you know, in frustration. Um, but you're, as the player, you're in control of what happens, you know, by doing that. So the fact that it did hit her in the throat uh, basically, as soon as you saw her go down, I said to myself, match over. I mean, there's no, there's really no other choice for the, for the tournament and the officials at that point. Um, and, and I think they did the right thing in taking a few minutes and talking to the, to the chair umpire and talking to Djokovic. You know, Djokovic was trying to argue he didn't mean it. Well, of course he didn't mean it. Um, obviously, he, he didn't intend to hit the, the ball, the, the lines person. But the fact of the matter is he hit the ball in anger. He was, he was pissed off because he just lost his serve and he had just blown a few set points the game before that. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, guys, uh, Djokovic has had a sort of a history of doing – he even did it in the, earlier in the match. He slammed the ball into the side. Now, uh, you know, if, that, if, if there were fans at the U.S. Open and if, you know, he'd missed and hit a fan in the head, mm. he would also have been disqualified. So he's done this at different times over the course of his career. He did it about three and a half years ago in London at the ATP Finals. Um, and he sort of brushed it off and said, well, it didn't have, you know, someone asked him, a reporter asked him, well, you know, do you think you need to control yourself more? What if you had hit someone? And he said, well, it didn't hit anyone. So what if it snows inside the arena? You know, he could have he sort of brushed it off. So I'm not going to say he had this coming because he didn't have it coming, but he put himself in this situation just one too many times and he paid the ultimate price, got defaulted. So a, te- a teachable moment uh, for sure. But will we see this maybe change the protocol where they maybe put, you know, put those, um, you know, attendants maybe behind some plexiglass or something like this, or is it just on the players? Because, what if it wasn't, you know, from this, but from a serve that kind of went foul? You know, what what, what happens then? You know, are they are they potentially well, vulnerable back there? Well, if it's from it's from a shot in the middle of the point, it's it's not, you know, it's up to the lines person to sort of, you know, get out of the way and dodge a bullet. You know, they're expecting that to happen. So if it if if it if it happens within what's going on in the match, that the player certainly wouldn't get penalized for that at all. Um, but this was, you know, it's pretty clear that if you if you if you hit the ball in anger, and Djokovic hit the ball in anger, you know, he was pissed. He just lost the game in a serve, uh, and he hit the ball. So no, I don't think it will change the protocol. The lines people are aware, you know, during the point, especially the way you know these players hit the ball these days, to be to be on their toes, you know, when you're out there, whether you're with your lines person or a ball kid. Now don't let me find some old film of you, you know, uh, losing your temper because you know it's going to come up now. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'm sure you could find that. I'm sure you could easily find some of my brother. Um, and there's been there's been times where players have lost their cool. And you know, you you're allowed to hit the ball, you know, right into the net. You, you know, if you get pissed off or into the backstop. You know, that's what Djokovic was trying to do. Hit it into the backstop. You're allowed to do that. You might get fined. You might get a warning for you know ball abuse or unsportsmanlike conduct. You're not going to get defaulted from the match. But because you're the one who hit the ball, you have the ball in your hand. You have the racket in your hand. If it happens to hit someone, that's your responsibility. We will see Patrick and talk actual tennis coming up when the tournament resumes on television at noon Eastern today on ESPN. Patrick, really appreciate you joining us this morning. Anytime, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thank you. The great Patrick McEnroe. No player remaining on the men's side has won a grand slam. Think about that, Bart. And that's proof the tournament's wide open. Proof is brought to you by Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. You see the shirts that the players have on, say their names on the front, enough is enough on the back. And Eastern Kentucky, like so many teams and people across the country, raising awareness for social justice. It's been tough to get here. Many thought that we weren't going to see college football on a Saturday afternoon, but they have made it happen for us. College football is back. Don't stop till I win. You can call me crazy, call it a sin. Live on the edge with the beat of the drums playing in my head. With the beat of the drums rushing through my skin. Those fists were in the air if you were watching on ESPN News or watching any college football. Over the weekend, we've got to say BYU Navy tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN to continue getting your college football fix. We're always used to that big game yeah. on Labor Day night, and tonight it's going to be BYU and Navy. They both needed each other to come together schedule-wise, and they have. Um, but millions of people on every Saturday, even though this is a unique Saturday, um, they plan their Saturdays around college football. I know you do yeah. as a guy that played and made his living playing football as somebody like myself that's a fan that loves the sport and I'm sure many of our listeners as well. And to be honest with you, it was just a great antidote to have college game day back in a year that is not normal for anyone. There was a little normalcy to see on a Saturday morning. Yeah, there weren't thousands of people there, but the guys were there. They were ready. They were talking football. And that to me is the start of a Saturday. That's the gateway yeah. for so many people to watch all the way through for the Generate gamers all the way through that big Pac-12 yeah. game, Hawaii's game late at night to watch 12, 14, 13, 14, 15 hours of college football. But before any of the games are played, game day took its rightful place, setting the agenda in the sport. And Kirk Herbstreet, who's now been ESPN's lead college football analyst for you know going on 20 years, wow. really an incredible performance by him, really helping us understand the game. He was the latest prominent personality. And remember, Kirk was the first guy to say, we might not have college football. Yep. That made waves. But it was nothing in comparison to the waves he made Saturday when during college game day, Kirk said this about a plea for an end to social injustice. How do you listen to these stories and not feel pain and, and not, not want to help? 
You know what I mean? It's like wearing a hoodie and uh, putting your putting your your hands at ten and two. Oh God, I better look out because I'm I'm, I'm wearing Nike gear. Like what? What are we talking about? And so you can't relate to that if you're white, but you can listen and you can try to help because this is not okay. It's just not. And uh, we just have, we got to do better, man. We got to, we got to, we got to like lock arm in arm and be together and in a football locker room. That stuff is gone. It, those barriers are gone. And uh, it just, we got to do better. I haven't talked to Kirk about this personally, but I would tell you, Bart, that I know Kirk, and he's talking about it from a football perspective, treating everybody the yeah. same, all 85. He also has two kids that play for Clemson. So he's coming at this from a parental view, mm-hmm. a human view, an analyst view, and a parent that has somebody playing college football in 2020. This isn't playing in 85 mm-hmm. or 95, you know, when he played back in the 90s, early 90s. This is about being in this moment, in this time. But as Kirk referenced, he's white. He can't really understand it the way somebody like yourself can. What are your thoughts on his comments? Well, I mean, I feel like they're very empathetic, and he understands because he's been in a locker room, right? So he understands what the makeup of a locker room is. A locker room is people from different races, communities, uh, economic backgrounds, religion, political views, and they all make it work. They all live and work with each other in harmony, and that's the beauty of a locker room. And if society can reflect what we do inside of a locker room, I think it would be a better place, and he understands that because you're able to know what the next man is going through because you're so close to the story. We lose parents in locker rooms. We lose Children, we have, you know, people battling cancer, you know, lupus. I've had teammates that discovered that they had uh, epilepsy. And we just sit there and we create an environment of, of warmth and, and acceptance. You know, sexuality, I, I know they like to come out and think that Jason Collins or, or other you know, players were some of the first. Michael know, Sam in yeah, football. Michael Sam. But it was, it was way before that. It just never got revealed. And, 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 and guys, and guys, no, but teammates knew, but we hid each other's secrets mm. out of respect for each other. Yeah, that I played with guys and plenty of guys that I knew, you know, that that was their preference and didn't care. And I think you think about some of the most groundbreaking, you know, things that have happened in our society is first taking place in sports. Whether you want to talk about Jackie Robinson, you want to talk about, you know, the integration of African American players into the SEC, the mm-hmm. first black quarterback, and acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. And if we can mirror what takes place in these locker rooms, I think that'd be a beautiful place because how can you not feel? Right, and that's why we put the onus on the the owners of, of of teams because they have a close relationship. They get a view of the black experience that you know a lot of people. If you don't have contact or you don't, you're not black or you don't, you know, have black members of your family, you don't understand what the experience and the plight is all about. I think it's very well said. One of the things Kirk mentioned, Kirk played at Ohio State, does the Big Ten as well as anybody. He mentioned, you know, this may sound crazy to you and me and to many other people. But at the University of Iowa, uh, a very strong Big Ten program considering its resources, um, Kirk did mention up until a couple years ago, a couple of years ago, you could not wear a hoodie when walking into the football complex hmm. um, and things of that sort. What I really find interesting is, you know, Kirk is a, a guy that's made it all the way to the top of his profession. Yep. He's the best at what he does, hands down, no questions about it. 
But but I think something that Key brings up and Jay have both brought up coming from the African-American community, one thing that we don't realize is they beat the odds, right? Key made it out of South Central to make it to the Pac-12 All-Century Team Super Bowl champion. Jay made it out of a rough section of New Jersey to become a McDonald's All-American. Yeah. But what they continually harp on is something we can look as a corollary for Herb Street, which is he made it because he was on the right path to making it, right? right. Many people, as these two guys, my co-hosts, have said, everything's not the same starting line. We're not all running a race where we're starting at start and then we're going a a 10K, so we'll all be done at 6.2 miles. Some guys are starting four miles in to the 10K, and a lot of African-American people, because of the environment they're in or because the schools aren't as great as other people, they're starting way further back. And that's the one thing those guys wanted to emphasize. If it's merit-based, great. If we're all starting on the same blocks, if this was a race. But we've never started on the same blocks, and society is more exacerbated than ever, and we're being separated even further and listen i shouldn't have to be one of the one percent to be able to have a fighter's chance to get a great education to be able to get a scholarship to be able to be treated you know well like athletes you know we live in a bubble too right because we're treated differently and you know we get things that other people don't get other students get but we have to be the one percent what about the other 99 percent that don't have a fighter's chance and never will get the opportunity to show that they are brightest and best Right. Because they have so many different issues worrying about, you know, a kid shouldn't have to worry about is is he going to eat today? Mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about the disparity with this pandemic. You have kids that don't have the ability to get a great education because they don't have access to Internet. Right. They don't have access to 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 to, you know, iPads and and, and things to be able to even get an education. So what are they going to do? They're going to continuously fall behind. And that's not right. That shouldn't be like like we say, your zip code shouldn't be the best indicator of if you're going to be a success in life or not. And it's fair enough. And lastly, I would just say Keyshawn has often said, oftentimes when you're done being an athlete, they discard you. So you better get what you can get when you can get it because when you can't run that fast and you can't jump that high, yeah. suddenly people don't want to open doors for you nearly as fast. Still to come, Cam Newton, he gushed, and I mean gushed, <laughs> about his new gig in New England this morning on the radio in Boston. Wait until you hear what he has to say. That's on the way. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The old sportscaster Lee Leonard, uh, Bart, said, Welcome to Sports Center 41 years ago today. I'm not sure he thought it was going to turn into this. But. And who knew 41 <laughs> years later I would be here on a milestone day? <laughs> yes. It's a sign. It's an anniversary. 
Having you here is terrific. We'll I have need Key a baby and Jay. Face, a Tony, Tony, Tony to sing for us. <laughs> if the old enough to remember baby face. <laughs> uh, Key and Jay back here uh, tomorrow. We'll go hardcore NFL all the way through with the opener on Thursday. We'll talk a little NFL in our final segment as well, specifically Jadavion Clowney. Hang tight for that. Speaking of NFL, Cam Newton, of course, as you know, Heisman winner, a national champion, the 2015 NFL MVP. His player resume brought to you by Indeed. Find the high impact hire your business needs at Indeed.com slash high impact cam was on the radio on the greg hill show locally in boston on weei big radio station out there and he had a couple of very interesting things to say i want to get bart's comments on them one at a time first cam gushing on his time in new england it's honestly been a match made ahead of for me just knowing that you know i'm at a place where everything is is, is pulling in the same direction and everything is geared towards winning and, you know, coming from a person that is one in all levels, I, I feel as if that, you know, done if I do the things in the right way, trusting, confiding the same people that, you know, have gotten me to this point and, you know, trusting coaching, you know, I think this is this is something that, you know, when you look at an opportunity in a timely manner, you know, it could be accomplished. Okay, so it's the Mutual Admiration Society right now. Bill Belichick went out of his way to praise Cam, and a lot of people are wondering exactly what the ulterior motives were to that. Maybe it was genuine. Cam speaking his mind this morning on the Greg Hill Show on WEEI. What do you make of it? Well, I think it's right on point, and right now they're in a newlywed phase. They, they've yet to really face any adversity. Um, Cam hasn't struggled in a game. He hasn't turned the ball over. We've seen you know, Bill Belichick have a quick hook for his quarterbacks when they turn the ball over if it wasn't somebody like uh, Tom Brady. So let's see, you know, Jared Stidham's right there behind him. Let's see if he struggles because we've heard that he's had a, a little trouble trying to, to retain a lot of the, the, the playbook, which is different because he's going in on a, in a tough situation. He's, he's forced to learn a different language. And one of the most unique or the most unique offseason in sports history, oh, the sure. fact that you haven't had opportunity to knock the rust off. He hasn't had opportunity to really go against other teams. He hasn't had like a open practice with another squad. So it's going to be hard. I want to see how, you know, because when you get into camp, you get used to the people that you see on the field. You know what they're good at, what they're not good at. But when you go against a different opponent, you have no idea what the game plan is, what certain players do well, what they struggle with, unless you have a history against them. So let's see how Cam is able to handle. I expect them to have a very tight game plan early on, pretty much just play action, you know, RPOs, and letting him to allowing Cam to play fast because you don't want to put too much on his plate too early where he misses a check, he misses a protection. It's going to be incumbent on that offensive line to make sure that they take some off Cam's plate, like by making some of the line calls for him to allow him to see the field and see the rotations of the safeties. Dolphins at Pat's first game at Foxborough for well, Cam. As great the... for homecoming to be the first game. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just playing. They're, they're better this year. They're better this year. <laughs> we'll see. Fitzpatrick was actually officially named their starter uh, this morning. Obviously, everything will change when Tua does eventually take the controls. And to your point, it is worth mentioning. I think you mentioned it earlier in the program, and this is something we'll talk about with Key and Jay tomorrow and moving forward. I'm sure you'll talk about it on your show in New York on 98. Point seven, our New York affiliate, and that is this is going to be an advantageous season for people that have familiarity. If you're Joe right. Burrow, if you're you know one of those quarterbacks that's joining a new team, Cam Newton, it's right. going to be a little bit more difficult with the lack of OTAs, minicamp, preseason. Right. Teams that are familiar are going to do better. That's something we'll talk about uh, as the week progresses. Cam also talked about uh, this morning. Now, this is a little bit more serious. There's been a lot of talk about being a black athlete in America, particularly being a black quarterback, and some of the history that has gone along, the connotations of being a black quarterback but cam essentially said for people that think they know who he is because he wears all those flashy outfits all that stuff in many ways they got him all wrong honestly 
athlete, because I'm a black athlete, a quarterback that for a long time I've been unapologetic is because I have, you know, carried myself in a way that the media hasn't gave me my just due. But yet at the same time, I do understand that. And I don't I don't have no type of resentment towards that. I, I embrace who I am. I embrace the moment. I live in the moment. And I, one of the, the, the quotes that I live by is Carpet DM. And, you know, throughout it all, I've been able to see an opportunity. And I went down a list of things that I expect from Bill Belichick, just like Bill Belichick went down a list of things that he wants from Cam Luke. So I, I think the narrative coming here was, was, was kind of stereotypical to an unjust eye. Oh, you know the confidence is there. Cam just went third person on himself. So we're <laughs> ready to go against the Dolphins in week one. From your yeah. perspective, when you look at this guy, he said, and this is interesting, he said he's 31, he thinks Cam can be 2015 Cam, which would be MVP, 15-1 and one season, one of the great seasons we've seen in modern history. Do you think at his age, with everything he's gone through, new system, the lack of familiarity you talked about, you kind of in lockstep with Key? Because that's a big leap to make. Well, I, I believe that you know he went there for a reason to to rebrand himself to change the narrative about what people believed that he was. I mean, miss you know in all the bravado and, and being loquacious and being able to you know be a guy that's confident in himself and the way he dressed. Sometimes you look at the cover of the book, but you don't read the chapters. <laughs> and you you talk about you know all the things that he do, the weird hats that he have, <laughs> and the celebration, Superman, all that stuff. But people forget that he gives every ball, he gives every ball to a kid, right? You know, so that's a virtual, you know what I mean, that, that, that he has the humility that he's making some kids' day. And then usually you, t- you think about athletes, every f- football that they've done something special with, they keep. You know, they usually keep for themselves for, to, to, to document their careers, and he's giving it away. You know, um, you know, you hear that Bill Belichick and his teammates are saying, wow, who knew that this guy was the first guy in, the last one out. You know, you can't beat him to the facility. You can't beat him. He's the last one there. You know, that's what you want out of your leader. Your leader has to be one of your hardest workers, and that's what Cam Newton has been. And, you know, it was a narrative based on that, you know, when Cam got in the league that you couldn't win with a mobile quarterback. You couldn't win with a mobile black quarterback. And it took Russell Wilson to kind of erase that because he was the first of the modern era as an African-American quarterback to win a, would win a title, you know, being a guy that can get out of the pocket, extend time, run, use his legs. And, you know, Cam's like, hey, I was a trailblazer. You know, I know Michael Vick was before, but then Cam Newton was like the last – you know, okay, well, he's bigger than Michael Vick, and, you know, he's not a, a traditional drop-back passer. They bring in a lot of elements. It's like the game has come back to the skill set of Cam and, and Colin Kaepernick, right? Before, it was like, well, you got to put this college type of offense in, right. all these RPOs. Now you see everybody's doing it because they see the advantage of it and what it does to a defense. But when Cam was doing it, it wasn't something that was popular. It was saying, oh, well, he doesn't have the football acumen to do a, to handle a traditional drop-back pocket quarterback, read the rotations of the safeties. That wasn't true. But if you have something that's an asset of yours, a gift of yours, why not use it? And great play callers are always able to take what guys do well and, and put them in that situation. And he falls into a situation with a, with a team and a head coach and offensive coordinator that has done that traditionally over the years better than anybody. Whether it's three tight ends set when he had Algie Crumpler, Hernandez, and Gronk, or whether it's like, okay, we have to run the ball and play bully ball on their last um, title when they was the only team that was running with a fullback with a neck roll. And then they've won every single way. So they'll find a way how to win with Cam Newton as well. That's very, very well said. We'll see what happens to the Pats. Again, they open against the Dolphins Sunday. The NFL is indeed back. Still to come, 
one NFL team that surprised everyone last season by exceeding any and all expectations may have just made a move to finally put them over the top and make them a true Super Bowl contender. Who is it? Who did they pick up? We'll talk about it. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com on football's back so you know before we let you go we got to get one more nfl topic in with my man bart scott 11 year NFL veteran. This is his sport. This is his time of year. And I know we can speak for a lot of our listeners and viewers as well. We can't wait for the NFL to be back. Can't wait for Key and Jay to be back tomorrow. Bart did a fantastic job. And you can check out Bart 98.7 ESPN in New York, our great affiliate from 11 to 1, Bart and Han alongside Alan Han. Great to have you here today. And, you know, when Jadavion Clowney got that deal and said, you know what? Let's do this. Let's go to the Titans. One year, $15 million. There's a lot of people that essentially thought, you know, maybe this is exactly what they needed. They already have their quarterback, whatever you think about Ryan Tannehill. Everybody seems to agree that Derrick Henry is your workhorse bell cow back. Got a good defense. Got a great head coach. And many people think maybe this edition of Clowney can put them over the top, maybe even make him the favorite in the division. And certainly our ESPN NFL front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, who joined us earlier this morning, does feel that way. To me, they are uh, right there. They should win the AFC South. I think Kansas City is clearly the best team. And then I have Tennessee slightly ahead of Baltimore. I think Clowney, when healthy, can be productive. This is a team that can pass the score with Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, a number of weapons. They can run to win with Derrick Henry And as you know, Bart, the two things you need to do in our league to play effective defense is rush the passer and can you play man-to-man on the back end. And they have two really good players in their secondary in Adoree Jackson, who to me is a little bit of an underrated corner. He's a little undersized, but he's a great athlete. And then Kevin Byard, who's one of the most underrated players in all football, a very productive safety, safety. So I think they check all the boxes, and I really like the Titans. Pass to score, run to win. I love those two little nuggets. You know Mike Tannenbaum really well your thoughts he's super bullish on the titans are you uh, i believe so i mean you look at what ryan Tannehill was able to do late in the season i think he had the higher qbr rating you know in the nfl last year based off all play action because derrick henry is a grown man who forces <laughs> you to have that eighth man in the box which puts one-on-one coverage so much pressure on your defense because you're trying to sneak that safety up so it's 
hard to become you know less predictable because they know that you're not going to try and stop them with seven. So they're waiting for that insert safety or that eighth man into the box, and then they're able to get those linebackers just to pause because you have to respect the play action in the belly of Henry, and it creates all these lanes behind him. But what they couldn't do was get to the elite quarterbacks and be able to get off the field on fourth down when they went, went in, in third down when they went to um, Kansas City. Now you have two pass rushers. They went out and got Beasley, and now you have Clowney on the other side. It gives you so much scheme flexibility, and we know that Vrabel is a underrated coach. I mean, how how frustrating did it have to be for Bill Belichick to get outbilled by Vrabel when he <laughs> when he kept taking the knee in the playoff kept game? Ta- yeah, kept taking the uh, false starts to salt the clock away you know I'm saying the same thing make you laugh make you cry but we know that he understands how to make the right decisions in the tough moments and uh, I think it's just going to be a match made in heaven because he's going to be able to play in a system that he knows a system that he can play fast and a play a a system that he flourished in which is a three four so I think it's a blessing by in disguise the fact that the Saints didn't get him because yeah they may have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl with the Saints or, or being there to represent the NFC with the Saints but I think being able to play in a system where you can play fast and be able to cheat the system and know where all the cheat codes are, which helps Clowney still be able to have a pursuit for the Super Bowl, but it also gives him the pursuit for a big mega payday. He's only 27 years old, had the microfactor surgery, some concerns about his health, but if he can put together a great year, he's going to be right up there with Shaq Barrett, with Judon, you know, and Dockway's off the, bu- off, the, off the bubble, so it's going to be three pass rushers available last year, and they're a premium. Yeah, Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. The fellows will be back tomorrow. All of our guests this morning joined us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. If you kind of missed that story with Bart was talking about the Saints actually trying to pull a sign-and-trade to get Clowney, which the NFL was saying was a little bit out of bounds. They wouldn't let him banana do it. Banana in the tailpipe. The NFL wasn't falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Suddenly nobody wanted Clowney, and then suddenly two teams are going for you can hear Bart every weekday morning on our affiliate 98.7 in New York. He and Jay will be back tomorrow. We'll see you at 6 a.m. Eastern Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.